Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad to have you joining with us today in this episode. And we're talking all about the process of transformation today. And what I want to do is sort of pull back the curtain a little bit and show you what's going on when you are morphing and changing and growing. Because if we can understand that, we can actually partner with God a little bit more. One of my favorite things about life is the parallels in nature that have to do with God's kingdom. Now, I should definitely say up front, I'm not a nature person. I don't like camping. I don't like being outside for long amounts of time unless I'm on a mountain or at a beach. So that being said, I really like a few things in nature, things like gardening. I don't like gardening to do the act. I'm not good at it, but I like the process of putting something in the soil, watching it grow, pulling out the weeds, pruning it back, and developing something really beautiful. I also absolutely love seeing the process of transformation that butterflies go down in the way that they are transformed into something completely different that they probably didn't even know was hiding inside of them all along, and here they emerge this beautiful, intricate, delicate butterfly. In nature, there are these natural parallels to things in the kingdom, and these two examples are natural parallels. They're sort of like God's teaching. He's saying, listen, here's a good example of what this is like, and they echo the process of transformation that we all go down. 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about being progressively transformed into God's image. You probably heard it said from glory to glory. And what he's talking about is God is ever evolving you. You are always being evolved into a better version of yourself. That is not to say that there is anything wrong with the version you are today, but we are always being transformed into his likeness. Think about it like this. In Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, we were created in his image. We were designed to be like God, and we are still being perfected into that image until the day we die. We are being progressively transformed into his likeness. And the way that it works is from glory to glory. It doesn't happen all at once. If we're using the gardening analogy, if you have a weed that has grown up around a flower, and you try to pull that weed out, chances are you're going to pull the whole flower out as well. It takes time to cut back the weed, to intricately sift through what's the weed, what's the flower, to be able to really remove it from the garden. In the same way, God does not just walk up to you and say, here's everything that's wrong with you. Get a grip on your life. See you Thursday. He doesn't work like that. He works on us kind of like an onion. There's so many layers. There's so many different um, layers to us that we can peel back and every one has its own fragrant essence, right? When when we um, peel back the layers of an onion, they all smell, but they all have a purpose. And that's what it's like with our transformation. 
So God is not looking at you saying, get a grip on your life. He's not looking at you saying, here's everything all at once that you need to deal with. Good luck. You're on your own. He is like a skilled surgeon and he goes right to the heart of exactly what's going on. When we look at Jesus's ministry in the gospels, one of the reasons that um, all those stories are in there are to show us who God is, to display to us what he's like, what kinds of things he cares about, how he does things. And when we see his effortless finesse with interacting with difficult people, and not even just difficult, but people who need a lot of growth, we get a little um, telegraph, we get a little arrow pointing to his ways. And here's a good example. Jesus is talking to the man with the legion of demons. Now, I know most deliverance counselors, if somebody comes to them and they have like a thousand, that's what a legion is, like a thousand demons or more, in them. Uh, and they're so bad that they have to be chained naked to a rock outside of town. Cause they're such a dangerous person. Then it's going to be hard to know where to start. Right. And we might pull out our checklist and say, okay, is this demon here? Is this demon here? Have you done this? Have you done that? Do this like long inventory, trying to get rid of as many as we can. Jesus walks up and he knows exactly what's at the heart of all of it. He can sift through everything, every motivation, every action, every judgment, every curse, everything, and go straight to the heart of the matter. He does this with the woman at the well, right? He has this encounter with her. If you're not familiar with the story, Jesus is thirsty. He's thirsty. He goes to this well. He's talking to this woman who happens to be gathering water there, and he blows her mind. He ends up telling her uh, her life story and all of her difficulties, and he speaks right to what she needs, and he talks about the living water that never runs dry, that you will never feel thirsty again. And what is he doing? He's not condemning her and saying, get rid of this guy you're living with because that's your problem. He's saying your problem is that you were looking for something you couldn't find. Let me get to that. And then your behavior will come in line. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this when we talked about habits that, you know, Luke 6 and, and in Matthew 7 as well, talk about um, the tree bearing good fruit. When we focus on what's inside of us, what's at the heart of the matter, the behavior kind of comes in line. So when God is looking to grow you, he doesn't come and say, quit doing this, quit doing that, quit doing that. You're a loser. That's not his mode. He definitely comes and says, hey, this is not beneficial for you. Stop doing this. Yes, that's a thing. But he's always trying to get to your heart. He is always trying to get to what's motivating your behavior. And if I can adjust that, if I can bring your motivation into the light, then you will have such an easier time letting go of the behavior. I was in a conversation with somebody years ago and um, they, we were setting some boundaries with this person. If you've listened to my podcast on boundaries, I talked a little bit about this situation. And of course, when you're setting boundaries with someone, it's never a pleasant thing because people who need boundaries set in that relationship don't understand them. That's why you need them. And so I was in this conversation and this particular person said to me, just tell me what to do. I want to modify my behavior. Tell me what I can and can't do. And I'll just stick to that. And I said, listen, that's not going to work because it's what's in your heart that comes out. So, you know, yeah, you might be able to stick to it for a day or two, but on the third day, when you're tired of, you know, this behavior modification, then you're going to go back to what you know. And what you know is the problem. What I'm talking about is getting at your heart because that's the wellspring of everything, right? 
And so we're not really talking about behavior modification when we're talking about God's process to grow you. He's not looking and saying, if you'll just quit doing this, let's, let's take cussing, for example. If you'll just quit cussing, then I'll be happy with you. That's not the kingdom. God starts going, what is it inside of you that feels like you have to say those type of words? What is it inside of you that feels like you can't communicate unless you're communicating it so intensely or saying something so mean about that person? Let's talk about what's going on in your heart. That's the way that God is actually growing you. But here's the thing. We don't do it all at once. All right, let's take another example from the Gospels. So Jesus and his buddy Judas. Now, Judas, in my opinion... And I I know I'm probably alone in this perception, but I believe Judas was set up to be the greatest transformation story of all of the disciples. Peter gets to be the greatest transformation because he's the one who lived and he denied Jesus three times, just like Jesus said. But I believe if Judas had hung on for 24 hours longer, that's it. Just one more day before, you know, he killed himself the day before the resurrection. If he had held on for one more day, and he had seen the resurrected Lord, what would his life have been like? What would his life have been like to know that he was actually a part of the betrayal that led to the greatest sacrifice of all time? It would have changed his narrative completely. Peter's story would have been powerful, but Judas's would have taken the cake. That's my personal conviction. Why? Because I don't believe God ever initiates suicide for anyone. I don't believe that God led Judas to kill himself. So if he had just hung on for a little bit longer, okay, I digressed. So Jesus and Judas, Jesus's demeanor in this last supper. And for that matter, the three years prior, knowing who Judas was, knowing what he would do, knowing the part that he had to play in his betrayal, Jesus is totally cool. He's not being snarky or passive aggressive or distant to Judas. He's not like, you know what? I hate you. Now's a good time for me to unload on you. Yes, he has some strong words with him at the Last Supper. You can read it on your own if you want to. But I encourage you to read that story and to look at Jesus's posture in the midst of people he knew were going to kill him. Why is this important? Because the way that God handles himself with dysfunctional people is is key for us to understand how he handles you and me. I'm not necessarily saying you're dysfunctional. What I'm saying is he can stay in the room with your sin. He can stay in the room with your issues. He can stand there next to Legion completely filled with peace. It's incredible because he knows what's at the heart of every single matter. So God is not going to ask you to reinvent every aspect of yourself all at the same time. He's going to ask you to do one thing right now or maybe two. And he's going to build on those as you are faithful to steward what he's doing in your life. This is why, going back to our first episode of this year, why it's so important to build the habits and to partner with the grace of God that's in your life, because he knows why he has selected this particular thing. So there's a ton of examples that I could use to explain this on a very personal level, but I want to um, use this one example from my own life to help you understand. 
I am a recovering, very judgmental person. I grew up, um, it was very normal to judge everyone. I mean, when someone cuts you off, you cuss them out. And when you're driving down the road, when someone turns or doesn't use their turn signal, it's totally appropriate, you know, when I was a kid to say very mean, derogative things about them. And that was normal. That was the mode of communication. And so I developed a pattern where I was very judgmental and, uh, sometimes I was spot on in my judgments. Maybe I should just pat myself on the back. I'm totally kidding. It's ridiculous. Um, sometimes I wasn't inaccurate and other times I was just being aggressive and unkind. And so I remember the time that God started speaking to me about not doing that. And this is the way that the process worked. He began to talk to me about my heart, not understanding his heart for people, that I wasn't looking at other people around me as his children. I was looking at them as sort of an us and them perspective. And God had to show me on a heart level that he is Lord of everything and everyone on the earth is his creation, that every person on the earth, whether they are truly evil or not, has a purpose that God wanted for their life. And so when I come into agreement with my own judgments, with other people's judgments, with the enemy's accusations, then what I'm doing is I'm not siding with God's heart. So what he began to do was unveil to me my, my heart posture before him as God and before him as dad of the person that I want to be mad about. Changes the perspective a little bit. And so I began to meditate on what God was speaking to me. I heard a pastor say this recently. I thought this was excellent advice. He said uh, to his congregation, raise your hand if you know how to worry. Of course, everybody raised their hand. Nobody knows. Nobody doesn't know how to worry, right? We all know how. He said, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because meditating is the opposite of worrying. It's doing the same thing, but with the goodness of God. So when we worry, we run over the scenario in negativity. We think about all the ways it's not going to work. We think about all of the things that could go wrong and what we would do to troubleshoot that. We think about, um, you know, how I'm going to feel if I get betrayed in this way. And that's what worry is. Meditation is taking a truth of God and doing the same thing, but in a positive light. So I take this and I say, Okay, God, your what's your perspective on people? Wow, you really did create everyone. So I start troubleshooting around what I would do in a situation with someone that I wanted to be mad at or I wanted to condemn or say something judgmental about, but instead I'm going to see them as God's son or daughter. And I start troubleshooting this way. I start thinking about it. I start marinating on it, ruminating on it, and that is meditating. So when we're meditating in the Lord, and we're partnering with his process in that way, this is the way that we begin to grow. Then as we start to have his heart on something, the behavior change just happens on its own because now I want to be in line with God. I don't want to do the things that are against him. Are you guys tracking with me? It's the process of saying, okay, Lord, now that I understand, I want to stand in the right place. Now that I understand what you're doing, why you were, you know, thinking this, why this is important to you. Uh, now I can, can give of my actions in that way. Here's another great example. And maybe we'll talk about finances in a future episode, but, um, there's a phenomenal book called when heaven invades your finances by Jim Baker. And, um, Ooh, it's such a good book. And what he talks about is that every dollar that comes to you is coming to you to be stewarded. 
It never belonged to you in the first place. And we were talking, the book talks about giving and different thoughts about giving. And it was things I had never heard before from that perspective. I loved it. And what I came to realize in myself was this, God, if my heart posture is to align with your kingdom and what you're doing in the earth, for example, I'm just talking about me personally here, then the way that I spend my money has to come in line with that. Where I might want to buy something I don't really need, I it's much more effortless to say no to that, not because I'm trying to, quote, change my behavior, but because now I have a vision for stewarding my resources on a higher level than I was before. This is the process of growth that God takes us down. The grace of God is not condemning. It's not coming to you, pointing out every single one of your flaws and making you feel like you will never measure up no matter how hard you try. The grace of God is coming to your heart. It's trying to get to something inside of you to shift that perspective a little bit so that God can partner with you and you can partner with him in your actions. This is my heart for you, that the growing process would be effortless for you. My heart for you is that you would be able to understand when God is creating friction in your life, that's an opportunity to practice the things he's doing inside of you. When God is creating opportunities for you to step out in boldness, that that you would seize them to partner with him. In other words, what I'm saying is everything in life is about partnering with God. Everything in life is about coming in line with what he wants to do. His kingdom come, his will be done. That's my heart for you. So... I hope this is helpful to kind of understand a little bit about the process of growing and the truth of the matter is God is growing you right now. If you don't know where he's doing it, take some time um, at the end of this podcast, just pause and, and sit with the Lord for a moment and let him illuminate that to you. Let him shine a light to you on what it is that he's doing to grow you. Here's one last key component for you. A lot of times we will want to grow in a certain area And it's not what God is doing. It's not the layer of the onion that he's peeling back right now. And so the grace just isn't there. And we can keep saying, God, I don't want to deal with my finances because I want to grow in this area. And the Lord is going, listen, if you'll do what I'm asking, everything will fall in line. Sounds a little biblical, right? When we seek first his kingdom, then everything gets added to us. So sometimes letting his will be done is setting our will aside and saying, yeah, this might be a good thing I need to work on, but I got to focus on what God is actually doing because that's where the grace is for me to catapult forward in my life. So I hope that you are having an awesome day. I hope you're enjoying this journey of learning who you are and really getting good at the art of being you, finding your you-ness and seizing that and living it out loud. I hope that for you. I'm praying that for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.